Welcome, welcome. This is Sunny. Welcome to the Sunny Point Investing Podcast and the new episode. It's the end of 2018, end of December. And while there are holidays, Christmas and New Year's all around, all you hear from the markets is recession fears. So a lot has changed in the market since we last met and the markets are down 20%, almost in a bear market. And you might have been hearing from all channels by now. The economy is all right. Um, the growth is all right, the markets and the companies are all right, then what's the problem? The central problem is the fear of recession and in 19 and 2020. So what we're going to today do is cover different angles about is there a recession coming? What's go actually going on with the economy and the global world right now? What is uh, triggering these fears? How does it change the markets? What is coming ahead? And what should you do? So let's get into it. So let's start. Let's start the journey. What happens to the S&P 500 in this whole bear market? It started at the peak of 29.40 and now it touched about 23.50. So that's the 20% we're talking about. Before we start about the economy, the recession, the fears, let's make this clear. Market collected 20%, which has not been very often in this last bull run. Now, one thing very clear, markets have gone cheaper, right? Basic fact, when market falls, when the price falls, valuations improve, things get cheaper. Unless, of course, the earning estimates have gone down by that much, which they haven't. So, fact number one, 2018, at the start of the year, S&P 500, the market index, was trading at about 18 to 18 and a half times earnings forward. That was the high it went to. It started at 17. It went to about 18, 18, 18 and a five. And now, right now, it's at 14 and a half times forward, right? So 14 and a half times forward B, 2019B. Started at 17, went up to 18.5. Now it's at 14.5, which is its 10 years average. So just to be clear, fact number one, markets have fallen, but that means we have also gotten cheaper. Now, you can argue that Definitely, we deserve lesser valuation in terms of rising rates, but just to be clear, we have been getting cheaper. It's not that the earnings estimates have fallen so much that we have stayed at um, the same valuation while falling. So that's one thing to keep in mind. Now, going forward, you would ask, if, if the estimates for the next year haven't fallen that much and we are cheaper, isn't this a screaming buying opportunity? To which I would say yes, but also it is a buying opportunity, yes. But there's a question, the whole question is if it's a screaming buying opportunity or not. Now, it, this is where it gets complicated because what I'm saying is we're saying it's footed and a half times forward means that we're trusting the numbers for the next year. Now, that's the point. The second fact is expectation game is broken. It's really broken. Now, what we're going by valuations, when we say something is expensive or something is cheap, what we're doing is we're trusting the expectations. We're trusting the numbers, the estimates for the next year. That is in a scenario where everything is normal, right? Where all is normal. We're assuming that the estimates are right. 
But if you look at the individual valuations right now, if you look at the individual companies right now and different sectors, the most cyclical sectors, autos, banks, housing, and industrials, they are trading at ridiculously cheap valuations, if you believe the numbers, that is. So autos are trading at, so GM is trading five times forward with about 4.5% dividend yield. Ford is trading seven times forward with 7.5% almost dividend yield. Banks, Citibank, for example, is trading at six to seven times forward with 3% dividend yield. And other banks as well. Housing, stocks are trading at five times forward uh, PE. Industrials are are doing the same, about 10 times forward PE. So my point being, the classic cyclical sectors are trading at a valuation that is not believable, that is not normal. I mean, it's believable, but more uh, apt term to use is that's not normal. What does that mean? What does that mean is the expectation game is broken. The numbers for the next year, nobody is believing it, which is the base assumption of any valuation is that you're believing, the market participants are believing the numbers, the estimates, the expectations. Right now, all the cyclical sectors, nobody's believing the numbers and estimates for next year. What does that mean? People are believing the earnings would drop. What does that mean? We are thinking that it's top of the cycle. What does that mean? Is there a recession? Because when you see all the cyclicals trading so cheap, it usually means people do think that the expectations are not right. What the numbers are representing is a pretty good picture, whereas the real picture is very gloomy. And that's why the bigger concern comes. And that's the topic of this podcast. The bigger question, are we seeing a recession which is not in numbers yet? So, for example, if now it's 20, 15 times forward PE, 14 and a half times, right? But if we get a recession, if the earnings do drop 20%, we could be 18 to 10, 20 times forward, which is not cheap. So what is in the numbers right now is not what market is expecting, actually. You see, there is a big lot of time, uh, big lot. There is a considerable amount of time when the fears get into the numbers, so what we're seeing is market is cheap, which is a buying opportunity. But is this a screaming buying opportunity? Maybe or maybe not, because what people are fearing is not in the numbers, just to get it out there. So that's the topic. That's the scene. That's the backdrop. Now, that all leads to the question, are we in a recession or not? Or are we going to get into a recession pretty soon or not? Market is certainly pricing it in. Not in the estimates, but in the price. But we got to watch both. Because we shouldn't always believe the estimates, because estimates are not always up to date with the fears, especially. So people might fear something to happen, but they might not cut the numbers yet. When we are in that phase right now, either the fears would pass and the numbers would be what it is, or the numbers would be cut and we would be much expensive than it, what it seems right now. Which way would it go in either or scenario? The answer is whether there is a recession. That we'll be discussing right now in the upcoming segment. Okay, answer to the recession question. Answer number one, the first part of the answer, no, we're not in a recession. GDP is still growing and growing pretty solid. Again, this was pretty obvious. So the second part of the answer, is a recession coming? Now, this is a little complicated as we get further in this. What we are seeing globally 
and possibly in coming time in US is a slowdown not a recession recession technically is defined as GDP going negative for two quarters in a row which is very different from a GDP that was growing 3% to now 2% and 1% now we all know and we all should know that the recent boost in GDP was due to cash repatriation was due to increase changes in tax code which um, pushed more capex spending at the front and changes in tax code which saved a lot of companies a lot of money and they were plowing it back a lot of capex spending was going up and a lot of deregulation was happening all of these were temporary we should have known that if we did not again as I said <laughs> we should have known that so US definitely had to slow down from the temporary peak of 3% and unwelcoming news the global growth is slowing down too but hey as I said the question being slow down versus a recession right now what we're seeing in the times to come and right now happening is a slowdown not a recession so the growth is slowing down from what it was and going towards zero the fear right now is what if right what if the slowdown doesn't stop and we keep going beyond zero then we will get into the recession that is what the underlying question is now same thing happened in 2011-12, same thing happened in 2015-16, those were scarce. Those were periods when slowdown happened, but it stopped, we were still positive, we went back up again. Things happen like this, it doesn't always stay at the same line, it always goes up and down, but that's how markets react, that's how economics and economists react. Um, whenever it goes down, the slope is downwards, we extrapolate and the same thing why the markets were up so high? I, I'm saying markets should never have been 29.40, right? It's not that, oh my God, we've fallen so much. Oh, why were we up there so much? That was an unrealistic number too. Why? Because the lines were going up, the economy was going up. We again extrapolated. We should grow faster and keep growing faster, which was not real. And now we're doing it to the downside, right? So basically, the fear is it's a slowdown, but what if the slowdown doesn't stop? Many times we see there are fears of recession, which is a fear of slowdown going beyond zero and not stopping, but many times it doesn't happen. Now, want to point out, 2011-12 and 2015-16 was indeed a bit different from what it is now. What is the main difference? Fed policy. Fed was still loosening, and now it's tightening, and now it's raising rates, not only the US, but globally. Even the ECB and the US Fed, they all are now more in tightening mode versus um, what they were before, which is losing mode. Now they're right, raising rates, and earlier, um, the Europe, as we know, went to negative rates. So that is the difference, which is a very significant difference, just to be clear. Now, another interesting point I want to make here is last two years, what we've been seeing is U.S. and global stocks had diverged. U.S. stocks were positive, global stocks were not. U.S. stocks were over outperforming all the global stocks and now what we see um, growth wise US and global growth is diverging US growth is solid global growth is not it's just a very interesting point of how markets are a leading indicator of things people kept wondering last two years why US stocks were outperforming so much now we see it because US growth is outperforming the global growth so markets are such a positive indicator leading indicator so which also points us to what I was getting at, which is U.S. is doing great, and rest of the world is slowing down. 
US is doing great, but also slowing down. But the rest of the world is slowing down and going close to zero. I mean, um, some places, some places like China are slowing, not close to zero, but the but the, the curve is steeply down. Now, one really important point, how I got to this conclusion again, was not only the numbers, but FedEx statement. Now, FedEx is run by economists, right? Like, really, FedEx company is so geared to the economy, um, economic development, and the, the change of pace in development that the numbers are really very um, cyclical in respect to how the world and global economy is doing. So I always, always very clearly listen to the FedEx statements, their earning calls, conference calls, to understand that um, how they see the company is uh, the the country and the global economy is doing. So I want to read this. I want to read this from their call. Okay, this is real. This is a real company saying slowdown is happening. So it's not just a fear. It's not just a fear of slowdown happening. I want to make sure you understand slowdown is actually happening. It's not just a fear. So let me read you some statements which their CEO said on their call. Quote. As our volumes and revenues demonstrate, FedEx is experiencing strong growth in the U.S., where the economy remains solid. However, our international business, especially in Europe, weakened significantly since we last talked and during our earnings call in September. In addition, China's economy has weakened due in part to trade disputes. As a result, we have lower our 2019 earnings guidance and are accelerating actions to reduce costs given the uncertainty of global microeconomic trends. Unquote. So, there is a real slowdown happening right now. And when companies go into cost-cutting mode, cost-saving mode, when they see a lot of slowdown continuing, well, guess what? It affects capex spending. It affects hiring, which in turn might affect um, the job numbers, which in turn might affect the economy and the GDP, consumer spending, consumer confidence, and hence more cut in capex, and hence a recession. So that's what the fear is. It's not just the fear. Slowdown is real. Slowdown is real. This is what we've seen this quarter company happening and company who is pretty closely tracking the world economy is cutting its forecast. What the fear is, if it keeps going, it's in a negative cycle and the negative loop will result in a reflection, uh, in a recession. Sorry. Okay. Now, the question was asked about, one of the questions was asked on this call about why is the um, global economy slowing down? What are the reasons? And they answered it pretty well, pretty frankly. I'll now just quote what they said. Okay? Quote. And I'll conclude by saying most of the issues that we are dealing with today are induced by bad political choices. I mean, making a bad decision about a new tax, creating tremendously difficult situation with Brexit, the immigration crisis in Germany, the state-owned enterprise initiatives in China, the tariffs that the United States put in unilaterally, so you just go down the list, and they're all the things that have created macroeconomic slowdown. The good news is, with the change in policy, they could turn it around pretty quick too. So fundamentally, we think the trade will continue to grow. We have a question here about stocking and blah, 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 unquote. So as you see, he's listing down some of the points, which he lists that the slowdown could be reversed as well if the global bankers and global leaders... Um, took better policy decisions, which is very, very telling in terms of how things can turn around too. And the slowdown is not a risk of some, you know, big financial event or bankruptcy event or 
um, liquidity crisis as of yet, but it is more about how policies can reverse this as well. So very important to know. And now let's take a step back after understanding all this. I guess what I'm trying to do is citing different sources as to why I'm getting to the conclusion of the slowdown is really happening. The fear is about recession. Now, another point. While we talked about Fed, um, next topic is what do you think about Fed? Because Fed is kind of also governing a lot of, um, what do you say, a lot of narrative right now. A big reason why people give about why they're negative on the market is Fed. And as I said, it's the thing that's different in this time versus the times before. So now in the next segment, let's talk a little bit about why our market's a little bit more worried and what is Fed doing, which is also adding to the worry. Okay, so I'll start with saying, yes, I do feel at some points Fed is out of touch right now. They're not communicating well. I did a whole post about how the Yellen's Fed was so much better to tackle this than the current Jerome Powell's Fed. Nothing that he's superficially doing wrong, but he's not communicating exactly as he should. But while all that has good discussion, let me come back to a more important point, which I'm saying... As we've been saying before, that U.S. economy is doing good, right? Now, in general, as the president says, the economy is doing so great. In reality, it is doing great. So, in that scenario, we should expect the rates to go up, right? I mean, especially if the Fed chair believes that we were below the normal neutral rate. So, it shouldn't be a surprise, and we shouldn't be shocked by it, and we shouldn't blame Fed for it. The problem that market has is different. Is different from um, what the country has, uh, what I, what their mandate is. I want to I want to make sure I want to make this clear, which is two points. One, the market is definitely fearing a recession, which Fed should take into account. Fed should take into account what FedEx says, um, what housing companies are seeing, and stuff like that. But at the second part of the equation is what markets are worried about and what the Fed is worried about is different. Fed has its mandate uh, mandate about inflation and labor condition, about unemployment. As a whole country, the country and the Fed is um, definitely watching the GDP, whereas markets, markets are watching corporate profits. Now, what is going on with corporate profits is much more than employment and GDP. If we see what happened to corporate profits in 2018, they went up by more than 20%, like 24%, I think. Now, that was boosted by a lot of things. First, tax cuts. Second, deregulation. Third, cash repatriation. A lot of companies having more than $100 billion in cash overseas kept coming there, um, getting their cash back, like Apple, and buying back stock or investing. We're, and we're all done with that. All those three things were transitory were one-time things. It's not going to happen all the time. So corporate profits-wise, we are running in a very hard comps. We are running in a period where uh, we had very high comps to match against, and still the market was factoring in 8 to 10% growth or even 12% growth in EPS for 2019. I think that was too high. Now people are realizing it, it, it had way more assumptions built in, 
what we how optimistic we were at 2940 of the market was not right and the growth is also slowing down so taking that into factor now they're revising their estimates down from 12% to 10% to 8% growth my fear is this growth might go down to nil might go go down to 0% and in an environment where rates are rising and when the growth is zero what should valuations be of course they should be cheaper and on what earnings it would be right so earnings would probably also fall as well so on lesser earnings as the forecast for 2019 should come down and on lesser valuation in a rising growth environment we could now fall even further like 2350 which appears super cheap may not be a screaming buying opportunity because the things um, that may happen now so my point underlining is fed is slightly out of touch especially not coming to getting well but what fed is watching what market is watching are two different things what market is watching as well as corporate profits one big driver of corporate profits is definitely gdp as an indicator but also there are other things which have kind of went by which were transitory and the comms are hard and the earnings growth is going to go to zero which in 19 which is what bothering the market specifically a bit more than what is bothering the fed now 2015 and 2016 we also saw earnings stagnation right at that point and well markets felt more than 10 percent the earnings growth was zero now that did not lead to a crash we came coming back why because it was just a year where we did not go into the recession the earnings growth went to zero for certain reasons. The major reason in 2015-16 was the oil, pr- uh, oil price crash and the energy sector leading the, com- um, the, whole sec- um, the whole markets down, which is different. That was an earnings slowdown and did not would lead to a recession. So that is, if the same thing happens again, the markets may bounce back. It's pretty cheap now and it will go back again. But the other thing is, if it doesn't, then it could be different. <laughs> the point here also um, to highlight is the interdependency between market and economic. So if markets go down, um, the savings goes down, the confidence, the consumer confidence goes down, the consumer spending goes down, which could lead to, as I said before, a whole cycle. So we don't know what's happening. We don't know how long it would take. We know what's happening, but we don't know how long it would take before the slowdown stops. Again, my answer is I don't know if there is a recession or not. I'm just pointing out very honestly, this is what is going on. This is what the companies are telling. This is what FedEx and companies like them are telling. And this is what it looks like. This is what the Fed is doing. And this is what the fears are. Now, another point. If the global growth is slowing down, as we learned from FedEx and others, right, the absolute bargains that are like banks and autos, which are three to five times forward PEs, if it if the global growth only slows down and it's not a recession, then there are bargains and they should be bought, right? But here's the thing. Global growth has more chance of going into a recession than the US. In in the short term at least. Now forty five percent of SNP profits come from overseas. So while you may say that as a country US might do good, while you may say on a GDP basis or an employment basis, U.S. might do way better than the global growth. The stocks, the corporate profits might not do as good because 45% of the S&P profits come from overseas. So stocks would definitely make sense to be, it definitely makes more sense for the markets and the stocks to be more worried about the global slowdown 
than Jerome Powell or the Fed is, whose mandate is for the country, not for the stock market. So um, that is another way. And even if the U.S. remains strong, I think the profits would be impacted more, in which case the market valuations could be impacted more. And that's that's all I got from talking about what is going on in terms of with the economy, with the Fed, with the fears. I'm not here to give you an answer whether there is a recession or not, but this is the whole picture. We're slowing down. Global growth is slowing down faster, not only in fears, but actually happening right now. The fear is if it continues, in which case it is not Fed's problem. Fed is focused on the country. As far as we're not in a recession, Fed will consider slowdown as transitory. But at the same time, markets would be more worried because global slowdown affects profit and corporate profits more than just the GDP. And in which case, we might go through another earnings downgrades to uh, maybe a zero to some, what, 5% growth next year. We'll see how that goes as the companies start coming up with their yearly projections pretty soon in 2019. So that's what we know is happening. That's my conclusion uh, the last two minutes. The next segment would focus on what should you do, which is pretty important. So let's talk about that. So I want to divide um, the advice on what you should do now in two parts. One part is if you're investing in the market on a whole, if you're investing in an index, if you're investing, if you're deciding on your mutual fund contributions, if you're deciding your 401k contributions, and like and likely decisions. Number two would be if you're investing in individual stocks, then what you should be looking at. So let's take the first part first. If you're in, investing in an index or 401k contribution or taking any macro level decision, I think you should add now. I think any time um, the market falls 10% or 20%, I think you should add, and you should add more. And this is more in general advice of a dollar cost averaging, where you should spread your buys, and you should definitely spread your uh, spread your buys in terms when the market is falling. Um, so that is for sure a thing that you should do. What I want to do now is read you something, is read you something from Warren Buffett's op-ed in um, New York Times when we were in the recession of 20, 2008. I want to read you this because I'll tell you later, but I think you'll get the point, okay? I'm going to read two to three paragraphs now from verbatim from his um, from his open, okay? Which underlines the fact that whenever markets fall, you should definitely be adding. Here I go. Quote, A simple rule dictates my buying. Be fearful when others are greedy, and be greedy when others are fearful. And most certainly... Fear is now widespread, gripping even seasoned investors. To be sure, investors are right to be wary of highly leveraged entities or businesses in weak competitive positions. But fears regarding the long-term prosperity of the nation's many sound companies make no sense. These businesses will indeed suffer earnings hiccups, and as they always have. But most major companies will be setting new profit records 5, 10, or 20 years from now. Let me be clear on one point. I can't predict the short-term movements of the stock market. I haven't the faintest idea as to whether the stocks will be higher or lower a month or a year from now. What is likely, however, is that the market will move higher, perhaps substantially so, well before either the sentiment or the economy turns up. So, 
if you wait for the robins, spring will be over. A little history here. During the Depression, Dow hit its low of 41 on July the 8th, 1932. Economic conditions, though, kept deteriorating until Mr. Roosevelt took office in March 1933. By that time, the market had already advanced 30%. Or think back to the early days of the World War II, when things were going pretty badly for the United States and Europe and the Pacific. The market hit bottom in April 1942, well before Allied fortunes turned. Again, in the early 1980s, the time to buy stocks was when the inflation raged and the economy was in the tank. In short, bad news is an investor's best friend if it lets you buy a slice of America's future at a marked-down price." Unquote. I think what Buffett is saying, very, very nice words, eloquent words, is that do not try to time the market. When the market falls, it is um, basically an opportunity to buy in at a discount, and if you keep waiting for the things to all turn right, you would probably miss the opportunity, and the markets would be way ahead than you. Because as we said, what is in the numbers is different from what is in the minds and the fears of the market. And it's equal on the other side when it goes in the expectations. So as Buffett says, if you wait for the robins, springs will be over. Spring will be over. So coming back, the point I was trying to make is when the market falls 10%, 20%, I think you should always uh, dollar cost average. So you should add Always $2 cost average, but especially when the market falls, you should add. So that's my uh, take on that. Now, secondly, let's address the second part. What if you're in, uh, investing in individual stocks? So what is going on right now is general asset price deflation, right? All risk assets are getting deflated. So it's not like the company was growing in earnings, the stock of that price does not, uh, of the price of that stock doesn't fall. Like everything is falling. Everything is falling. So most assets are falling, commodities is falling, stocks are falling, all stocks are falling. So it's a general price deflation, so everything is falling. But what I'm saying is, while we say that, while all prices are marked down more or less, not everyone is falling equally. That tells you something. Things that are falling less may have different characteristics. Some might be falling less because they have um, an inherent growth story within them, or they might be more defensive, or... They might be less cyclical, stuff like that. What I want to do, what I want you to do is, while there is a general price asset deflation going on, asset price deflation is going on, you should pick companies who haven't given you the reason to worry about their profits going ahead, who haven't given you any reason to worry about their business going ahead. So for example, I was bullish on uh, and adding semiconductor stocks, right? Now I paused because when I saw their earnings, they actually gave me the reasons to worry about some of the fears about like Micron and um, Skyworks and companies like those who were pretty cheap went to be true. The numbers actually slowed. The guidance was actually cut. The markets actually said what the fears were came, came to be right. Not entirely, but it's like starting to be right, which is a fear. And the companies are cutting their guidance and the forecasts. Now, that is a tough spot to be in because I don't know if all the fears that our market has right now will eventually be true. It might be true. So quarter by quarter by quarter, the, the, the fundamentals might worsen and the companies might cut their forecasts, right? That's the fear. 
But at the uh, Sofetix is a, another example, right? It seemed cheap, but it was 10 times forward earnings, but it was a reason to be cheap because the market was fearing something and the, uh, the company confirmed it. Now, in which case, the people who are selling, the people who are taking the market down are actually right, and we should spend a moment listening to them, right? Their fears are actually turning to be right, in which case, we shouldn't just go and keep buying every individual company that seems cheap right now, because the fear behind that might actually be true. And if the slowdown, as we said, goes into a recession, they might be terrible. So what we want to do is take those companies who have, as I was saying, haven't given you reason to worry about their business at all. Take those companies and buy those while their prices are also getting affected. Now, let's take an example. These companies also happen to be not fallen as much because there are buyers like me who are doing the same thing. Big institutional buyers who are also taking the same strategy and buying them, which leads them for them to fall less, even though they've fallen a lot. So some companies are Visa, MasterCard, United Health, Google, Microsoft, and Disney. These companies are going through secular trends. Will it be uh, online advertisements uh, spend versus cable spend or print spend for Google? Might it uh, or AI-based solutions, which are increasing the targeting and um, new features like voice, and that are taking up a larger portion of the attention? Might it be Microsoft's move into cloud um, and how good they're doing in Azure? And might it be Disney's move into um, streaming or new markets? And might it be the move towards a cashless economy in general for Visa and MasterCard? These are companies, or UNH. So these are companies who have inherent growth, secular growth behind them, and these have fallen less than the others for all the good reasons. These are the kind of companies which I would like you to buy more. So that's my strategy. If you're buying in the index on a whole or markets on a whole, definitely add more because you should dollar cost average anyway. So especially if the market has fallen down, this would be a good opportunity to maybe add a little bit more than you add usually as well. And second, if you're going for individual stocks, go for companies. Okay, you can also go for companies which have cost to worry, but not as much. So the market would have um, thrown it into that really dumps and it may not be turned out as, as bad and the company would come back again. So those are the cyclical sectors in which there might be higher profits, actually, than the companies I'm telling you about. Uh, so you can go after, um, actually, um, you can go after autos, semis, and housings. You might have better profit if we don't have a recession. But what I would do as a safety measure is going after companies which have secular growth anyways, which are less cyclical, they have inherent trends, and those businesses, at least now, have given nobody's to no reason for me to worry about and will watch closely if they give in future. So Visa, MasterCard, UNH, Google, Microsoft, Disney, and the likes. So that was the episode covering the recession fears, the economy uh, slowdown fears, um, the markets and the Fed versus what you should do right now. I hope this episode was really helpful. I hope you're all enjoying um, a good holiday time and a happy new year. And your 2019 is great. Uh, I may do different episodes on 2019 strategies on you know, like annual planning about what you should do, but it all depends. You should let me know whatever you'd like me to cover next. I hope this was helpful. I hope this was really great. Again, this podcast does not support any advertising, so I would just say spread the word. Spread the word because if you like this, do share with someone who's even barely interested in the markets, who wants to know what's going on, may not have enough time, so this may be a one-stop shop of getting to know what's going on. 
And I hope what I'm saying is helpful to you. So thank you for listening. Share this. Leave a really good review. That would really help. And happy holidays. See you again. Happy investing. Bye.